0: Today, if you want to buy a hammer, for example, and if you go to a hardware shop, you know it's all over the place, it's a bit dirty, it's very cramped. Um, so we we didn't want that. So we wanted ample space. Um, If you come out to our showroom, you'll see that there is a lot of space to stand around. It's very nicely displayed. Uh, Even the way how the customer, when they come in, what's the first thing they see and stuff like that, we've kind of thought all that kind of stuff through as well.
1: Our guest for today's episode is Han from Benjamin Moore Singapore. What do
2: you think that stops Singaporeans right, from doing what you did?
0: So it's not easy. A lot of times, um, and I think the biggest factor is the uncertainty. Right. So there are a lot of businesses that start and fail. Hmm. I think there's something like ninety percent of businesses don't make it to pass their first year or something right. like that. Uh, and so as Singaporeans, we are brought up to follow a certain kind of uh, route. Right, uh, You study hard, like Ash, you said, if you study hard and you follow certain ways, you you excel in the things that they ask you to excel in, then the government will kind of create a very nice environment, right. comfortable environment for you right. to excel in Singapore. So, we are used to this certainty. Right. Uh, we are all, sold this certainty, right? certainty, right? We are sold this certainty, yeah. If I get uh, how many points from my O-levels, I can right. go to this school. Right, right, right. If I get how many points from my A-levels, I can go to this uni. Right, right. So I think it's the uncertainty that holds a lot of people. Right? Okay. Yeah. And
2: how do you get over that? How were you so sure?
0: I guess at some point, the uncertainty didn't matter as much as uh, what I wanted to do. Right. So the
1: push was very, very hard.
0: The push was, yeah. That's okay. right.
2: Yeah. Right.
1: Was it the push from, okay, you know, I'm tired of doing this job. I'm tired of, you know, dealing with these people at work. Was that the push or was the was it like a pull hmm. telling you that, you know what, this is not what I want to do, I wanna do something else and yeah. I was pulled towards yeah. that entrepreneur. Yeah. I mean I think Leo me Leo Columbia. So yeah. like I mentioned, I mean
0: the culture in DBS is really good. Like right. if you compare it with I mean I've never worked in other banks, but people who come over from other banks and stuff like that, like the senior management of DBS have created a very, very good culture. Right. And it's not like I hated my colleagues and stuff like that. I, I in fact I still hang out with them once in a while, I drink with them once in a while nowadays right. as well. But it's just that I realised that in order to kind of achieve what I wanted, which is to have certain control over processes and stuff like that, there is no corporate job in the world that's going to offer that to you. Right. Uh And I always try to live my life, um rather than try to avoid certain things, I just want not to have any regrets. Mm. So at the age, uh I think it was about 26 or 27 years old, I always felt that, okay... um, if I decide to stay in DBS, yeah, I'll probably be comfortable, you know, decent money and stuff like that. But maybe some part of me will regret. Right. But if I start the business, I don't think, even if the business fails for whatever reason, I don't think I will regret leaving right, DBS. Right, right. Yeah. I
2: mean, knowing you for so many years, you knew that it, it, it couldn't have been the working hours because you knew you were going to put in even mm. more hours in yeah. your own business, right? Yeah. So it wasn't the working hours. Yeah. It wasn't the money because you're at a stable place, yeah. right? Uh, what What was it that you think was the biggest push from your corporate job?
0: Uh, it's just the fact that uh, I had no control over the processes and systems right, in place. Right, right. Like, yeah. I, just some things that, I mean, like if you ask me to do a certain thing, and if I can understand the rationale, I will just do it. Right. But like i mentioned, sure I hate it when people say, uh, oh, just do it because
2: it's always been done this way. Like that's not a... Fair. And um, of course, I have to ask this question being Asian, right? Like yeah? how do your parents react, right? When you told them I'm quitting the bank yeah. to start a pain business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: They must have been happy. Okay, my son has <laughs> you know graduated chemical engineers. right? Yeah, yeah and then oh, he's okay, going to he's a bank. Not, he's not doing yeah.
2: engineering, but you know he's, he's going to be decently in a good bank and DBS. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody knows. Yeah, and then uh, mum, dad. Oh, I have only two
0: months left, but you know I'm quitting. <laughs> <laughs> so my parents and I have a very comfortable relationship, So they've always supported me in whatever right. I did. When I say I wanted to play water polo, um, they allowed me to do that. Okay. Uh, when I wanted to study, they didn't specify what. I had to study in uni as well. Right. Like do whatever you want. You know, even when I wanted to sell insurance, they supported me and everything right. as right. well. So they were always very supportive. And they knew how much I didn't really like working in a corporate environment mm. as well. So the conversation they always knew. Mm. It's not like one day I just sprung it upon them that, oh, right. I'm quitting tomorrow. Right. Um, but obviously as parents, they do care for your well-being. Right. So they right, ask right. certain questions. But at the end of the day, they are very supportive in that sense. Right. So, la, during
2: yeah. that, that two, three months when you and Ricky were having the conversations already, mm. you were already like, you know, kind of keeping your parents in the loop that yep. that this is going to happen. Yep. Yep. Right, right, right. So, from the start already, they were quite chill about it. La. They
0: will ask questions, obviously, yeah. and then yeah. as with ma- I mean, my mum is a tiger mum, right? right, so, do how many assessment books? <laughs> <How nonsense. laughs> uh, so, she asked me a lot of questions as right. well right. Um, and it's not like she's a business owner, it's not like she right. understood right. anything. My right. parents are work corporate jobs their whole lives. right? Uh, so, it took a bit of convincing as well, but at the end of the day, they're always like, yeah, it's your life, you know, right, right, right. you're not harming anybody, you're not hurting anybody, you're not mm-hmm. hurting yourself, uh, why not give it a shot? Nah? Okay, yeah. so...
1: What, what was your situation when you were making this leap? Uh, were you married? Were there any obligations? That no. sort of stuff?
0: Yeah, okay. so yeah. so that allowed me to yeah. do it, to pursue it because I had z- literally zero obligations. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think that, of course... It's always better to do it when we are younger and yeah. you know we have no liabilities and all that. No, yep. But I, I don't think that it should be a factor, lah. Right, mm. uh, to take a, the leap of faith. Of yep. course, it makes it easier a bit. Yep. Right. So at mm. the point y'all have decided, you know, okay, done with the bank, let's quit. Mm. Mm. Uh, it took you a while to get the distributorship.
0: Yeah. So we actually got the distributorship. I'd say about. Maybe three months after right. we quit, something right. along those right. lines. Yeah. But of course, during that whole time, there were a lot of conversations with the US, really. Okay. It was almost pretty much a sure thing. Okay, okay.
2: Know. Was it at any point during this thing, were you scared? Uh, Off? I don't know. Like, this doesn't go through and like you just suddenly quit, like, they uh, pull the rug and uh, quit a perfectly decent job.
0: Of course, of course. I mean, uh, of course, there's always a bit of fear there as well. Right. But sometimes the fear is what drives you to. Okay. Is, is a more powerful push factor right, right. right? you're scared of something so uh, then that allowed us to in fact that spurred us on to you know have like a rock solid business plan right, right. a good path to profitability it, it forced us to be very structured in our thinking mm-hmm. for example when we started there were only the two of us yeah but we still held monthly catch ups because mm. obviously we did different job scopes and stuff right, like that. Right. So we still have monthly catch ups. We have minutes, we do slides exactly like they do in DPS. So I take mm. a lot of corporate um kind of practices and I I practice it right, right. now with my business as well. Right. Yeah. So, so even when there was two of us we did that, yeah.
2: So can you share a bit about the the that partnership, right? Because mm. I mean uh going into a, a space where I mean y'all are not related. Mm. Like you and Ricky are not related, yep. right? But y'all are going into a partnership and so of course, with all the business owners we've had, we have had very mixed yep. reviews about partnerships. Yep. Some says, no, do it yourself. Some says, go black and white. Some yep. says, don't do it ever. Yep. Some are just like, yeah. And whatever. we have husband and wife yeah, partners. With husband yep. and wife. Yep. Yep. What, was, what those, was the yeah. conversation like with you and Ricky when y'all were discussing you know, the, these roles uh, and responsibilities uh, of the business?
0: So, first and foremost, uh, I'm new to entrepreneurship not that new so in uni I actually kind of uh, tried to do a little startup. you know you think you can change the world at the age yeah? so I, I did that as well but
2: you can still change the world I believe you I believe <laughs> to the a small, like,
0: change <laughs> your world maybe <laughs> so Ricky actually uh, is a bit different from me so he's always been a bit more entrepreneurial right. so he started uh, some small businesses here and there for example he studied at NTU so he had like a mukata store and stuff like that as well so okay. he had a little bit of business experience um, but I think what allowed us to go in first of all obviously we are quite similar in the way we think okay. for For example it could be as simple as both of us hate owing people money Mm. so whenever we have any kind of uh you know invoices to pay and stuff like that it's immediate we gotta make sure the transaction goes through and stuff like that okay uh, so simple things like that allowed, allowed us to gel Um, but also we were very different in the kind of stuff that we were good at. Mm. So today right now Ricky kind of runs sales and marketing where it's okay. a lot more uh, you know Creative reaching out to la. people and right. stuff like that whereas I run the operations side mm. so I'm the one who kind of sets in processes and systems in right. place which is exactly what I wanted in the first right. place. So having two different job scopes uh, two different kind of skill sets allowed us to I think kind of thrive mm. la, as a partnership.
2: But discussion wise like uh, do you all do it in a black and white format or No. Was it a very... No, it right. just fell naturally into place. Okay. To be it's okay. like, uh, oh. Oh, uh,
0: we need to do A, B, C, D, E. Okay, That's uh,
2: you do A, B, I do C, D like that. Right, yeah. right, 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 right. Because the
0: truth is, when you start a business, especially when it's just one or two of you, right. seriously, you got to do everything yourself. Like yeah. You don't have oh, money sure. to pay anybody. You can't hire anybody. So, mm. it's all over the place anyway. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I,
2: th- I think it's quite interesting because I think you're the first one who did that. Like, our previous guy who had a partnership, he was actually the founder mm. and then he roped in his best friend, mm-hmm. right? Uh... And then, of course, the husband and wives. But I think you're the first one who you all have went in as a partnership and had zero uh, legal binding uh, documents. Uh.
0: No, the only one was obviously when you kind of uh, incorporate the company, yep, then you right. got to talk about the shares and stuff like yeah. that. In which case, I actually agree with, uh, uh, was it your uncle or something? The one oh. who came from yeah. Australia and he yeah, said yeah. that somebody has to hold a majority somebody has right, to hold a minority right, right. Yeah. I completely agree with that okay. yeah. Yeah, someone but, has to be the final decision maker yes even finish. though even for us uh, we've not actually reached that stage where somebody has to overrule the other because we try and guide our decisions obviously by rationale and logic right, right. Um, and if you can talk it out you talk it out la. Yeah, but I, I strongly believe that's true as well
2: were, were there ever moments or like heated moments where you were screaming at each other or shouting at each other
0: not so much screaming la, but
2: obviously we raised we
0: raised our voice, voice a little bit. Yeah, yeah, okay. But at the end of the day, we recognize that it's for the good of the right, business. Right, right, right. Yeah, right. It's I not think, a selfish.
2: I think that's the most important thing, right? Like knowing that the other person wants to bring the business forward. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And then once you recognize it, conversations become different also. Yep. Right. Because everybody's, whatever I'm saying is, I want the business to succeed. Yeah. Right? Yep. I think the, the fight comes in when I, I, it's like you start taking things personally. Yeah, right? that's right. Are yeah. you just attacking me? Like the kind of thing, right? Yeah, that's right right so starting the business this was uh, we're talking 2019 20- 2019 yeah right. so yeah. you were like, like All right, yeah
1: three months of waiting and then finding the di- distribution they said yeah Go for it. So, I mean, it's of course, like I mentioned, it's, it's not, so, not really,
2: it's just yeah. so much
0: waiting. La. So, during that three months, uh, for example, we traveled to Taiwan together right. uh, out of own expense to visit the distributorship there as well to see yeah. how they, you know, rent stuff and mm. things like that. We chatted with the business owners there. Right. Uh, we crafted a, a business plan. We looked for uh, units to open up our first store and stuff like that. So, we did a lot of groundwork there as well. Mm.
1: Yeah. There was a lot of confidence. I mean, yes, uh, you said it's a, almost a sure thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, but, right. yeah, it's, it's good to see that you are still, mm. you know, preparing eventually when the yes will come, we can eventually start a store. Yeah. Mm. So, take us through that process, you know, incorporating a company, mm. because you probably had to do that to accept the distribution yep. from the US, right? Yep. Uh, and then, you know, renting out your first store. Yep. Yeah. Take us through that journey. So, obviously, the first thing was to incorporate the company. So, we...
0: But a bit lazy. Literally, Google like company incorporation services or whatever it was. <laughs> so we paid like uh, I can't remember the company's name. I don't. Even, I, I don't even know whether it's around. a private limited. Yeah, it's a private limited. Yeah, so it's around
1: what five hundred bucks to just get started or something like that.
0: So I think we paid a total of uh, yeah, I think a couple hundred dollars. So they incorporated yeah. the company, and then you could use their registered address for mm, mails. Mm. Uh, exactly. They help you set up your bank account yeah. and stuff like that. They introduce you and to a people secretariat from the bank. or something exactly, like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's and necessary on the Accra to have a company secretariat yeah, because
1: yeah. uh, I just d- was just doing that this research, research yeah. for for yeah. this. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. yeah, yeah. And was that process easy? Oh yeah,
0: literally one meeting. Like mm. we literally went out to the office and then we signed, sign sign Okay, everything done. Right. Mm-hmm. yeah uh, And then what followed was uh, trying to secure an outlet. Mm. Uh, so we were looking for, a, for example, a space where of a certain size. So we settled on one thousand five hundred square feet for our first store. Okay. Um, we had ideas about how we wanted the store to look like um, with inputs from the US, obviously. So mm. US brands, for example, like Apple. Every Apple in the world, more or less, have similar certain designs. Vibes, right. Yeah, certain right. vibes, um, stuff like that. So uh, Benjamin Moore from the US also had these guidelines where we not so much guidelines where you have no choice but to follow them, la.
1: Yeah, because yeah. it is their brand that you are also representing, representing yeah, at right, the same that's time.
2: Right. So, so before this, Benjamin Moore didn't have a franchising model.
1: So it's not a franchise.
0: Right. Um. Benjamin Moore basically they don't have any direct sales. Right. 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 So even in anybody in the US, they want to buy from Benjamin Moore, they they don't go to Benjamin Moore straight. So right. it's all distributorships and stuff ah, like that. And okay. so how they work is they kind of uh own a little bit of your business and stuff right, like right, that. Right, they invest right, a little right. bit here and there, and then is that's this, how distributorships. These the sales. things
2: are up for negotiation or no? No. 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 Right. Okay. Yeah, not up for. Okay. Yeah. Right. 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 Mm. Quite interesting. The um, more you know. Yeah. I mean, it's quite cool, right? Because, yeah. uh. I n- I never knew about Benjamin Moore. Mm-hmm. And then when he told me he was joining Benjamin Moore, uh, I mean, he was starting this whole thing, I was just like, oh, okay, bro, you're fighting Nippon, mm. <laughs> right? Like, I've never heard of this brand, right? And then one day I was watching NBA. Then <laughs> Benjamin Moore's advertisement game is huge mm. in the US. Yeah. I was just mm. like, oh, right. I see. Are,
1: right. are they the number one paint or supplier in
0: the US? Or no, something? because even in the US, there are also kind of mass market brands and stuff right. like that. And by virtue of reaching out to mass markets, it means the volume that you move is a lot more. Right. Um, and if you know Warren Buffett and how he structures the companies within Berkshire Hathaway, every company has a very specific kind of reason to be there. Okay. So Benjamin Moore targets kind of like, they position himself as kind of like the premium coatings. Mm. So as an example, um Sherwin Williams is one of the biggest competitor in the US. Um, but they also do things like Car paints, mm, marine mm, paints, right. industrial coatings, and stuff like that. Whereas Benjamin Moore does not. Right. So everything is residential or decorative mm, mm, mm. coatings. Yeah, I so see. it's a very niche spot that they occupy in the Berkshire right, heavy right. portfolio. I think I it's,
2: it's quite cool. interesting because I, I mean, it's one of the things that I mean when I first heard it from him, right? I was like, there's so many things that we don't know as Singaporeans, right? Mm, because yeah. when we think about like paint, the first thing that comes is Nippon, but we don't realize that there's so many brands out mm. there, right? And so many industries where we have been used to this certain yep. um, name or brand, right? That we don't really know what's going on in the rest of the world. Yeah. Huh?
0: But with the internet nowadays, I mean, a lot of millennials or um, Gen right. Z people, they're a lot more savvy. So people tend to reach out and try and find, right. you know, something cooler, something a bit different sure, than what sure. we are used to. Yeah.
2: yeah. And I think that, I mean, as much as you said, that there's always that luck, that things aligned, yep. right? Benjamin Moore wanted to come to Singapore. Uh, and, but it was your preparation and your and your... Uh, opportunity that of course. creates the luck, right? Of course. yeah.
1: Yeah. So, how did you go about finding the unit?
0: Oh, so, uh, literally, just like how when you want to buy a car, you go to SG Car Mart. So, you just go to Property Guru yeah. and then we shortlist the units. La. So, we actually viewed a couple and then we decided on uh, Midview City, Albert Thompson because it's relatively yeah. central, the space was big enough and... Uh, there were parking spaces. So, for example, when a contractor comes to buy paint, uh, he needs to be able to park outside for a short while while he mm. comes, he goes and gets right, the paint. Right, so, right. all these considerations in mind yeah. as well. And well, obviously, rent price and things. Definitely,
2: yeah. they thought it down to the nitty-gritty of yeah. like... I, I mean, I think the most important thing is right when, when like, you talk, talk to him, right, is you can visualise everything that he's saying. <laughs> because you are obviously visualising everything that is yeah. happening, right? Yeah. Step by step. Yeah, I think... Visualization, I think, is something that a lot of people undervalue. Yeah, like how well you can visualize yeah. to the the pinpoint detail.
1: So you got to know what you want in your store. You got to you got to prepare. See, yeah, yeah yes. you got to see
2: how do you want the store. Like to, y- to look as like,
1: as right. you just mentioned, like a contractor needs to make a paint run. He he, yeah. he needs to right. park, park it. it. Yeah. yeah so exactly. is it like a first floor unit or? It's a first floor yeah. unit. And yeah. what kind of mall is this? Is this like a heartland mall
0: it, or? So it's not a mall. It's right. an industrial space, okay. but it's more SMEs than kind of like manufacturing companies. I think
2: Grab used to be there for a bit. Yeah, so the
0: Grab HQ used to be there. Gojek Uh, is there. Carro is there. So a couple of car dealers there and uh, a
2: couple of interior designers and stuff like that. But they got a lot of things. I think they got a grooming saloon for pets. There's a lot of things. So it's all over small
0: businesses. But it's relatively clean. So for example, one thing that we did not want was Today, if you want to buy a hammer, for example, and if you go to a hardware shop, you know, it's all over the place. It's a bit dirty. It's very cramped. Um, so we, we didn't want that. So right. we wanted ample space. Um, if you come out to our showroom, you'll see that there is a lot of space yep. to stand around. It's yeah. very nicely displayed. Uh, even the way how the customer. When they come in, what's the first thing they see and stuff like that? We've kind of thought all that yeah. kind of stuff through as yeah. well. If
2: you want to yeah. head down to their warehouse, it, uh, their, their showroom, it's at uh, yeah. Midview, Midview City, twenty four Ming Lane. Yeah, Ming Lane. Yeah. yeah, Bishan, off Bishan. Yeah, right, right. Bishan yeah. Upper Thompson. It's yeah. a very very nice place. I I go there sometimes so yeah, mm. just have a coffee. Mm. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, so now everything is in place. Yep, you're moving forward, mm. right? Then, the big sea arrives, which is COVID, right? Oh yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. Right? So COVID so, was
0: literally we incorporated in April 2019 and we started our operations Uh, meaning we opened the doors to our showroom in August 2019 right. so we had a little bit of a runway for about six months and then COVID hit and everybody had to shut down right. Um. so that was really really difficult for us as yeah. well Uh, we were trying to find ways to do online right. or stay afloat but it's not so easy for paints because uh First of all, it's heavy yeah. uh, and it's a bit fragile. Right. You can't get, for example, Ninja Vent to deliver it. Right. Um, and obviously, you can't see the colors online as right. well. You can't right. feel the quality of the paint and right. stuff like that. And that so was something that you
2: really struggle. wanted with your brand, right? Like yeah. people get that kind of visualization, the exposure, yeah. being able to touch and feel the. Was paint the
1: whole idea to, for people to actually walk in to the store? Yes. And then see the paint there itself yes. instead yes. of because I know once you look on a screen, different screens, it's different resolution, different resolution, you, you you'll yeah. get a whole range. Right. The, yeah. the color that yeah. you might be looking at might totally look different. Yeah. So,
2: and I mean, with COVID, also like shipments were affected, right? Because yeah. a lot of things come from the US. Yeah. Right?
0: So, uh, shipments, yeah, freight, I would say that the freight costs uh, at least. Three hundred percent increase. Right. Wow! Yeah, for freight cost. So right. for a container to come into Singapore from the US, because everything they call it, they control the quality quite strictly. So everything is made in US. That's how they position their brands right. um, themselves in the US themselves. So everything is made in US. Everything has to come from the US uh, from a particular right. area. Right. So for us, it's Oakland So everything comes from Oakland uh, There are times where. Uh, we didn't even be able to get ships. So yeah. we had a container, but we couldn't secure a, a ship, ship space, right. even if we were willing to pay times three, times four. Um, there was once where they picked up the empty container and they went to the warehouse to load in the US and they realised that the container had a hole. Oh my God. And so when yeah. they returned the container to try and get another one, the ship couldn't wait, so the ship left. Oh so we shit. had to wait for the next ship which was yeah, like, I don't know, right, one right. month later or whatever it yeah. was.
2: And and the, the lead time is damn long, right? It's, it's really long. It's not like, like McDonald's where you can just go and order over the counter. Yeah. Right. right how were you dealing with all these things like the the stress and all that or were you just super like as usual rational and you know no emotions (laughs) just step by step
0: I mean definitely there were a couple of sleepless nights uh, more than a couple of sleepless nights but um, I mean I think there's two parts to it first of all when you talk about running a business then yeah you gotta guide it by rationale and logic Uh, okay this is the situation no point getting angry no point getting upset you can't blame COVID uh why don't we try and do something? Right. Uh, maybe we try and get more shipments in if mm. possible. Uh, we try and find different freight forwarders. Right. Uh we try and see if we can get or, or rather borrow maybe certain inventory for clients that have already purchased from us from existing neighboring countries. Right. So we have a good relationship with the distributors in the rest of Southeast Asia, for example, mm. as well. Um but on the other side, how you cope personally, um, which I think is really important as well, uh which is the mental side. So for me, my then girlfriend, now fiance, and soon-to-be wife, uh, she was really, really supportive. So I met her in DBS as well. So her name is June, but basically, she was very, very supportive throughout. Right. Yeah. So right. I think the support system is very, very important there as well. Right. Hi guys, thanks for listening. Next week on Mind Your Business. But for me, I believe that a business does not need to be profitable. Uh, Just for example, for the business to grow, a lot of businesses, they leverage either debt or equity funding. And so when you have to borrow money, it naturally means that you are spending beyond what you're capable of. If you're always trying to turn a profit, you will never grow to where you can grow. So for example... If my profit this year is negative, that means I'm making a loss, but I'm able to borrow money to grow, then I think that's okay. And the, the, the key point is, what is the reason for turning a loss? Is it because I'm expanding? I'm getting more inventory, I'm hiring people? Or is it because that the business model just doesn't work in Singapore? Hey, this is Han, and you're listening
1: to the Mind Your Business SG podcast. Thank you for joining us this time. If you haven't already, subscribe to us on Spotify to get a new insightful episode every week. The Mind Your Business SG podcast is hosted by Ashwin Prakash and Tamit Nasif. Thank you to Naim Ludfi for our intro music. And if you've enjoyed our show, consider rating us. It will help us grow the show and make the future episodes that much better. Have a question for Ash or me? Head over to our Instagram page at mindyourbusinesssg and ask away. We read every submission and we might just answer yours in a future episode. If you would like to support us personally, you can reach out to Ash for your finance needs and myself for any creative business solutions. We'll see you soon.